You're listening to New Life Chapel Podcast. And I want to speak to you in some ways this morning how worship is also a weapon. But in the light, in the light of the title here, the palm and the willow. Bring the branch of the palm and bring bring a branch of the palm and bring a branch of the willow and cut this a big, big branch. Tim Haberman, he said, I can bring a palm branch. I said, that's great. He brings a whole truckload of them. And not just a small branch. It's like, I feel like a tribal man, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he says, would you like so I said, yeah, bring, bring as many as you can. Bring a palm branch. Bring it. And bring a willow branch. A willow branch. And come and rejoice before the Lord. This is taking place over a seven-day celebration that the Jews were called to come together, called the Feast of Tabernacles. And they have a number of feasts. This is one of the most, one of the important ones among the many. And they were to celebrate for seven days in worship around the sanctuary and to bring a palm branch and a willow branch. And, uh, and so they were also, also asked to build booths, small booths with flat roofs, to remember to remember the 40 years in the wilderness and how God had delivered them from Israel. So it's a spirit of celebration, celebrating that we were once slaves, but we're no longer slaves. We were once victims, but we're no longer victims and we've got something to praise God about. We were once sinners. Someone was once an addict. Someone was once full of gangrene darkness in their soul, but that's not your story at the moment and it's never going to be anymore. And God says, rejoice that you have been saved, that you have been freed, that you're no longer victimised, that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's life and there's liberty. Bring the palm branch, bring the willow branch, and rejoice. Rejoice. In the midst of everything that's going on at the moment, let us not lose sight of the spirit of praise and rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The disciples come back, don't they, in the Gospels, and they talk about how, you know, they've set this one free from demonic, uh, and from the demonic depression, and they've healed this one and that one. I think it's in Luke chapter 10, and, and, and Jesus puts perspective on it and basically says, yes, but rejoice, rejoice, rejoice that your name is in the Lamb's book of life and that you're going to heaven. Rejoice over that more than the works that you've seen take place in your life. How many know we're in good company? We know where we're going, man. And so in Leviticus 23, the branch of the palm and the branch of the willow, bring them both. Some commentaries say that the two were intertwined together, and there's a significance about that too. So the Israelites were instructed to do this, and I want to say to you, when it comes to praise, and it comes to worship. There's incredible prophetic symbolism in both these branches. If you think about the symbolism and the meaning behind a palm branch, palm trees are found 
Where do you find palm trees? Who likes palm trees? Come on, who would prefer a palm over a willow? Maybe some would prefer a willow over a palm, but where do you find palm branches? You find them in resorts. You find them in tropical areas. You find them down the Esplanade, the Gold Coast. It's full of them down the Esplanade. They feature at grand entrances. Not You won't find willow trees at grand entrances. You find these incredible palm trees with the branches shooting up straight. The palm is symbolic. It represents prosperity and victory. It was interesting that Pastor Warren came up to me a couple of Sundays. I did not know about that. He reminded me, he said, do you know what the Victorian shield represents? Do you know the two names that the forefathers inscribed on the shield to make? To, do you know the, the names, the two names on the Victorian shield that the forefathers declared over this state? I said, no. He said, peace and prosperity. And yet they're the very things that are being assaulted. But why don't we capture the spirit of the forefathers and actually declare that over our state? Peace and prosperity. Get a palm branch and wave it over our state. Peace and prosperity in our state. Psalm 92 says in verse 12 and 13, the righteous will flourish like a willow tree, like a palm tree. They will grow in the cedar of Lebanon, And planted, if you want to flourish, you'll get planted in the house of the Lord. And they will flourish in the courts of our God. The original meaning and word to flourish, it means to thrive, to increase, to prosper, to succeed and to blossom. In many historical cultures, palms were used as a symbol of victory and fertility. He said, come and bring me the palm tree. Bring me the palm tree. Has your life treated you well of late? Are you having a good run? Bring the palm to a place of worship. Are you having a wave of success? Do you feel like you're on top of the world and nothing that you and everything that you do is just turning into gold? Is everything working out well? Are you experiencing peace and prosperity in every turn? Are you having the time of your life wondering, can it get any better than this? Is your family in peace with each other? Are you loving one another? Are you getting on with each other? Have you experienced job promotion, rises in your income? Bring him your palm. The palm branch represents God's blessing of prosperity, your health, your wholeness, your financial success, your business success, where everything is working so well in your life. Bring it to him and glorify him and thank him that things are really going well in your life. Who can say amen to that? Bring your palm and worship him. The Bible says in Psalm 31, 21, Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvellous kindness in a strong city. Bring your palm branch and thank him for a strong city. Thank him for a strong business. Thank him for a strong marriage. Thank him for strong relationships. Thank him that you're going from strength to strength, from victory to victory, and from glory to glory. Bring the palm and worship and praise and sing about God's blessing on your life. Celebrate it and remember who your source is. Remember who your source is. I think one of the great ways of constantly remembering that is when we bring our tithe, we constantly remember who our source is. 
And it's an act of a deep appreciation and gratitude towards him. Psalm 18, 68, verse 19 says, Bless the Lord. Psalm 68, 19. Bless the Lord who daily loads us up with benefits. Bring the palm. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all of my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases and redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with loving kindness and compassion and satisfies my years with good things. When that is happening, friends, bring your palm and lay it down before the Lord and bless him for his provision, his supply, his supernatural health and wholeness of of your life. Who can say amen to that? Come on, if you're online, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him a shout of praise. And thank him for the palm. Sometimes when you're preaching up here, you wish the band was up here immediately with you because you just want to break out in a shout and a song of praise, man. You want to lift him up and bless him and and see the Lord high and lifted up and his train fills the temple with blessing and honour and and you're grateful and thankful that your children are firing for God and that that your business is going really well and and church is being blessed and, and everything that's happening about your life relationally and everything about you and around you is being blessed and prosperous, you just want to break out, don't you, and give a little skip and a jump and a bounce because God has been so good. If that's your story, bring him your palm branch and lay it before him and say, oh, I'm just so thankful, Lord, for all your goodness and mercy and loving kindness that follows me all the days of my life. What about if you can't bring him a palm? What about if that's not your story here today? What about if you're watching online and you are already one step ahead of me and saying, Pastor Zoran, I wish I could bring a palm, but that's not my story right now. Pastor Zoran, I wish I could tell you I feel blessed. I wish I could tell you my relationships are good. I wish I could tell you that my soul is singing. I wish I could tell you that within my inner being there's a song, but it's far from it. I wish I could tell you that the light is shining upon me and a new day has dawned, but that's not my life. Maybe someone out there and online and even sitting here is saying, boy, oh boy, did you talk that up no end, but I'm so far from that. It's not funny, pastor. Maybe that's not your story. You're not left out of the equation. You're not forgotten about. Because in this festival, they said, bring the palm and bring the willow. Now the willow. The willow, unlike the palm branches, do not stand upright. The willow branches sag. They bend. They droop downwards. It's like they're crying. It's where we get the, the word we term the weeping willow. Where do you find willow trees? It's not unusual to find willow trees at cemeteries. In China and Turkey in particular, You find them in burial grounds and along streams. The ancients used to use willow wood to uh, build timber torches for funerals. They would use willow because willow represented sorrow. Willow represents sadness. Willow represents tough times and trials. The willow branch, when you bring it, represents loss and misfortune. When you bring the willow branch 
to a place of praise and to a place of worship. It represents shattered dreams, neglected soul, a rejected life. It has been it has been every bit of that and more for you of late. Do you wonder why everyone else gets the breaks in life, but you don't? Bring him the willow branch. Nothing seems to be working out for you. Bring him the branch of the willow. If life is pointless and meaningless for you, bring him the willow branch. If you've lost your job and you've lost your hope and you're watching online or you're here and you've lost your way in life, bring it to him, the willow branch. If you feel defeated and you feel like a failure and a reject in life and you feel abandoned and you feel alone, bring him the willow branch. And if you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, if you've been let down, lied to, left behind and forgotten about, if you feel you've been dealt with unfairly and life has been bitter towards you and you've been mistreated and misunderstood and you even feel that God is disinterested in you, bring the willow branch and lay it at his feet. It's not grand. It's not glorious. It doesn't stand upright. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't clothe the driveway of grand entrances to palaces or to great hotels. But God says, no, worry about it. Don't bring me that. Bring me this. Bring me what's sagging. Bring me what's drooping. Bring me what's weeping. Bring me the broken. Bring me that which you're finding really difficult and come and rejoice, the Bible says. It says rejoice. Rejoice. It says rejoice. Church, it says rejoice, but how in the world can you even find the strength to rejoice? It doesn't even say come in, uh, come in melancholic worship. No, it says come and rejoice. Rejoice. Come and praise. Come and lift your spirit up. Come and look the devil in the face and tell him, our God reigns. Tell him. Tell him. Look him in the face and tell him I will refuse for my soul to be silent and bowed down and weighed down. I will rejoice. I will say to the sun, come on up, even if you do not want to come up. I will say to the I will say to the instruments, play if you do not want to play. I will say to my voice, sing if you do not want to sing. Bring the willow and rejoice. Psalm 137 depicts this marvelously. Verse 1 to 3. It's where you get that old song, you know, by the rivers of Babylon, where we, anyway, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and rejoiced. No, there we sat down and wept and we remembered Zion upon the willows 
in the midst of the willows. We've hung our instruments. We've hung our harps. For there, our captors, if it's not insulting enough, you get this belittling from your enemy. For there, our captors demanded of us songs and our tormentors jubilation saying, why don't you sing us the songs you sang in Zion? How can we sing to the Lord a song in a foreign land? They hung their harps up because they were taken captive by the Babylonian empire. And there by the rivers of Babylon, their captors are tormenting them and say, why don't you sing us that song now? Why don't you, hey, you know, you used to sing it on a good day. You used to sing it on a blessed day. You used to sing it when you were at your home, but now we've taken you away from your home. We used to sing it when you were running your business, but we've captured you now, haven't we? We've, we've, we've taken you from your business. You used to sing it when things were going well. You used to sing it when things were sunny. You used to, now sing it. Now sing it. Can you hear the devil? Can you? He used to worship him when things are good. Where's your God now? You used to, you used to bless him when things were prosperous, but where is he now? Can you hear the evil one say? You used to rejoice and, and bless God and dance and sing and, and lift your hands and let your song rise within your spirit. But now I've got you locked down, haven't I? Now I've got you shut up. Now you're in homes. Now I've kept you away from one another. Let's hear you sing now. Let's have you got anything in you now. I think we should look him straight in the face and say, you'll never shut our soul up, man. No matter what comes our way, we're not going to hang our harps on the willow tree. We're not going to hang up our guitar. We're not going to hang up our, our bass player. We're not going to turn the power off from our keyboard. And I don't even get rats if there is no power. We're still going to praise. We're still going to sing because there's a power far greater than a 240 volt thing. The power we're after is the power and the presence of Almighty God moving and thriving and pulsating in through our inner being. Don't let him do it. Tell him to go and get nicked. And a bit more. Can't sing in a foreign land. Their reply, how can we sing in a foreign land? It's really difficult in a foreign environment. God, this is all foreign to us. How can we sing? How can we praise in a foreign environment? How can we sing? How can we rejoice in the nonsense that's enveloped us? How can we give him praise and tell him how good he is in foreign territory? God, we've never experienced anything like this. God, I've never, ever, ever been in a place like this. And you expect me to praise in a foreign environment. Lord, I need the church. I need I need the, the lights. I need the movers. I need the sound. I need the, uh, the ambience. I don't have any of that. This is a foreign land. This is a foreign territory. What are you going to do when you are in a foreign territory that you're not used to? Are you going to allow it to shut your soul up? Is that what you're going to do? Or are you going to be like blind Bartimaeus and raise your voice even louder? Come on, someone online, give us a shout of amen. 
Someone in the lounge room is breaking out in praise. Someone in the lounge has stopped listening to me preaching. They've got their praise rocking in their lounge. They've said, I've had enough of the word. I'm going to let rip. What do you do when you're in a foreign land? What do you do when uh, the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk gives you a remedy for the foreign land? Will you do this? Will you do this? The great prophet Habakkuk tells you what to do when you're in foreign territory. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, he says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, and the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Have a look how many times the two letters N and O are in this one passage. And though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stores, shall we repeat all the no's? No grapes, no crops, no food, no sheep, no cattle. Yet, 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 it's got to be allowed, yet, not some wussy, quiet, whimpering, whispering, yet. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. Somebody needs to break out in praise and thank God and shout Him that even though there are no sheep, there is no cattle, there is no crop, there is no wine, there is no nothing, yet I will rejoice. Gee, that's easy to preach. Honestly, how good to stand up here and get all wound up about it until you get hit with it. Everyone and anybody involved in worship ministry should be buying this book, The Power of Praise and Worship by Terry Law. I've read his second one as well. Great book. Great book. Terry was ministering in England. He'll never forget that day. There are some events in your life the Habakkuk events that you never forget. It'd be good if I can get a keyboard play. 11 p.m. at night. Hard day's ministry. He goes to bed at 9.30. He's smashed and crashed out. 11 p.m. tonight, two of his colleagues come into his hotel room. Terry. Terry. They're waking him up from a deep sleep. Terry, Terry, Terry. Terry, we're sorry we have to tell you this. We're so Sorry. Terry, your wife has died in a car accident in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He didn't believe them at first. He actually thought there was a joke, a prank in the middle of the night. No, Terry, it's true. Your wife has died. On his way back from England on the flight back to the US, he was inconsolable crying and heaving I know what that's like actually I flew over to America, Kate and I did to see our daughter and son-in-law and grandkids I wasn't there four days and I get the phone call from my sister mum's died it was the most horrendous plane trip I've ever been in to fly back after just arriving back to Australia crying for hours on the plane 
you don't know whether to feel embarrassed because people are wondering, you know, is your marriage together or not? You know, <laughs> you're crying there, sobbing your heart out because you've lost someone dear to you. And he's lost his wife. He gets back home, he gets his fist and he tells a story. He said, I rammed it into the wall. He said, I was angry. He said, I had to be the first person to tell my children that their mother has died. He said, what are you going to say to a child that says to you, why does my mummy have to go? Why does my mummy have to die? The pain in his heart is unbearable and he's angry with God. He's a man of God. He's angry with him. Everyone responds differently, so let's not judge him. But he was angry. He said, God, I've given you years of my life for the mission field and you've taken my wife. He blames God. Are you watching online? Are you here today? Have you ever blamed God? Honestly, really? Have you ever clenched your fist? Maybe not clenched your fist, maybe not verbalized it, but in the silence of your own heart. Have you ever felt, Lord, this is unfair? I didn't order this on the menu of life. Why do I have to suffer like this? Have you ever been there? If it wasn't for Oral Roberts, the great healing evangelist, who lost a son, Oral Roberts lost a son. He rung Terry up. He said, Terry, you've got to come see me. And Terry Law goes into his office. And this was Oral Roberts' remedy for his deep depression and despair. He says to Terry, he said, I know how you can break out of this. He said, Terry, I know how you can break out of this. You're going to need to go home. How's this, guys? Listen, no sheep, no cattle, no wine, no crop, no wife. And he tells him what Habakkuk said. Terry, you have to go home. You have to get on your knees and you have to praise. You have to praise. You have to let your soul rise above and beyond the bitterness and the resentment and the hardness of heart. You have to worship. You have to, you've got to lock yourself up in that room. Terry, you're going to have to praise God. Out of his respect for Oral Roberts, he, he goes home and he gets on his knees and he starts to praise. He said he was a sounding gong. It was, it was terrible. He said darkness had filled my room. He said I didn't know where to go with it. He said I felt like a hypocrite as I could hear the voice of the enemy saying to me, you don't believe that. You're a hypocrite. You don't mean what you're saying. You're a hypocrite. You should shut your mouth and shut your soul down and continue to blame God for taking your wife. You don't mean that. You shouldn't be here. You should not even be opening your mouth. God doesn't deserve that from you after the way He's treated you. After all the years of effort that you put in for Him, He does not deserve your praise. And He says He was there for an hour. He was there for two hours. He was there for hours. He said, I just kept praising. I couldn't feel anything. I was numb. I was hurt. I was aching. I was in excruciating pain. And I'm praising. And I'm thanking God. And because the Bible says, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And all of a sudden, after a few hours, something begins to bubble up in my soul. Something begins to rise. It's like the dawn and the sunlight 
piercing through the horizons. And even though it's a little bit of a ray of light, you could feel something bubbling, something rising. And He said, all of a sudden, man, I just got this breakthrough. I went from my knees. I put my hand on the bed. I lifted myself up on the feet. I started to walk up and down my home. I started to praise Him. I started to lift Him up. I started to declare the Scripture in Psalm 88, Psalm 68, 1. Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. Let God arise and depression be scattered. Let God arise and grief be scattered. Let God arise and depression go. Let God arise and disappointment bow. Let God arise and grief and sorrow bow down. I started to raise my voice. I started to lift His Name up. I started to... He said, I started to declare Psalm 30 verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Is there anybody here that wants to say, joy is coming in the morning? I started to declare Psalm 101, Psalm 101 verse 1 to 5. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Come before Him in presence with singing. Be thankful to Him. Bless His Name. For our Lord is good. He's good. He's good. He's good all the time. He said, I started to declare Psalm 66, verse 1 to 3. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all the earth. Sing out to the honour of His Name. Make His praises glorious. Sing to God. How awesome are His works. Psalm 115, 18, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, and forevermore. He said the one that really, really riveted strongly in his spirit that he tried to bust through with, I will bless the Lord in Psalm 34. He found this really difficult because he started with this one. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise shall be continually in my mouth. I will bless Him in every occasion. I will bless Him in every circumstance. I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Come on, let's stand and let's do and let's worship and let's rejoice. Thank you for listening. For more information about New Life Chapel, please go to newlifechapel.org.